Uh, this time the youth can go to uh, youth ministry uh, real quick as you, as you go in. We just call you blessed. Amen. Uh, we love the youth. We love all ages. Amen. The seniors, the, the youngsters. Hey, um, I'm, uh, I'm, needing, I'm needing to learn how to cook. My wife has been uh, watching documentaries about how the gal- uh, gladiators uh, were vegetarians. And um, it doesn't sit well in my heart at all. Uh, it may be factual, but, um, but here's the deal. I need to learn how to cook some meat and some steak and some chicken because my wife, just everyone stretch, forward, uh, stretch your hand towards my wife, that she would have a renewed mind. Praise the Lord. We are not turning into a vegetarian family. I say it publicly before many witnesses. I fight this good fight of faith. Amen. Laying hold of my, my well-done steak. Amen. Praise the Lord. But no, no, it's good. We, we're, in, we're in turbulent times out there. Uh, we're in the world, but not off the world. And, um, you know, it's easy to walk in victory when it's already being given. It's, it's easy to, be, um, to, to receive healing when you already are. Can I have a, can I have a good amen? I said it's, it's easy to, to enjoy, uh, uh, enjoy your healing because he's already healed you. Let me say this statement. If, if Jesus didn't want to heal you, he should not have. Amen. If he didn't want to heal you, he shouldn't have. He has healed us. Amen. Now, there are things that are opposing what is a spiritual reality. You know, forces of wickedness, you know, and, you know, our, we are a tripod. We are a spirit. But we're in possession of the soul and in possession, we're living in a physical body. And our physical body will gravitate to natural things. And our soul, you know, will, 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 will try and think very limited by only thinking naturally. But we're not natural beings. We're supernatural spirit beings. And if we become more aware of who we are spiritually, amen, then we won't be slowed down by our natural, uh, natural ways of thinking. But often it's the soul that blocks the reality of who we are. And we're coming against all of that. Amen. Who, uh, that's not my message this morning, but it's, it's good anyway. Amen. Uh, high five your neighbor. Tell him you're, right, you're in the right place at the right time. Right place. Right time. I didn't say slap them. I said high five them. Come on, don't be mean. We're in church. This is Sunday morning. Um, but we're in the right place at the right time. I sense such victory in this room. Anyone else, man, worship, it's just, something's being broken, amen. I just love being in this atmosphere with you. And I was thinking, um, and I was just so grateful for the Lord of how he, you know, brings, you know, many lives together from all different walks of life in situations like this on a Sunday morning or whenever we gather. It's supernatural, you know, from all kinds of different nations, all kinds of different walks of life. And here we are together lifting up one name, the name of Jesus. We're not out to, you know, show off our fancy uh, shoes, suits, ties, dresses, you know. We're, we're here to magnify Jesus and see him glorified in all that we, all that we do. Amen. It's wonderful. Let's come before the Lord with our giving, and, and as you prepare your, your offerings this morning, you know, bring in what is His, the tithe, and bring in what is ours, the offering. This is a moment that we do corporately together. I'm going to share a couple of verses that will bless you. 
It says in Philippians chapter 4, verses 10, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your case for me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. He said, you know, I, I rejoice in the Lord greatly, because, um, you know, you, you basically uh, shared, one translation says, in... in in partnering with me, and you you sowed again. There is something about consistency. I think it was like um, I think it was uh, Gloria Copeland. She said, "You know, power lies in consistency. When we're consistent, that's where the power is." Amen. Doing something consistently, and so Paul was commending these guys. He said, "Look, you know, um, you you sowed again." And again, and I commend you. I'm very appreciative. I see your love for God and the ministry that God has given me. And you express that love by continuing again and again with your contributions. Amen. And Paul said, man, you've done a good job there. In the Amplified, it says, this is Philippians 4, 9, uh, 10. He said, I was made very happy in the Lord that now you have received your interest in my welfare. After so long a time, you were indeed thinking of me, but you had no opportunity to show it. Verse 14, but it was right and commendable and noble of you to contribute for my needs and to share my difficulties with me. He said, it was right and commendable. It was noble for you to contribute frequently. Isn't that something? Now, for something to be commendable, it means it's worthy of high regard. Now, turn another, another passage of Scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Praise the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses uh, 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. Um, it says, praise the Lord. It says, let each one of us give as he is made up in his own mind and purposed in his heart. Not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion for God loves. Notice what God loves. You know, he loves this. He, he loves, he takes pleasure in the Amplified says. He prizes above, uh, above other things. This is what God loves. This is what he takes pleasure in. This is what he prizes above other things. And he's unwilling, notice this, unwilling to abandon or to do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt to do it giver whose heart is in his giving. In other words, God is not willing to abandon anybody who is faithfully consistent in their, in their giving. Oh, glory to God. He said, I will not let them. I refuse to let them be without. Woo, I will not abandon them. Abandon means to forsake, to give up on. God does not give up on people who who serve Him, who love Him, who are consistently seeking first the kingdom of God and giving again and again and again. He said, I will not abandon you. I will not forsake you. And I will not leave you without. Woo, man, I just feel like, thank you, Lord. I'm going to stop a moment and just say, thank you, Father. You do not leave us 
without aid and support. And you watch our faithfulness. Hallelujah, Lord. And so you alone we look to. You alone, like Evie said, Lord, Evie said, He provides your every need. Quit not. Do not quit. I speak it right into your spirit. Do not quit. It's not a time to quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't give up and faint. In life and in what God has called, don't quit. Don't do it. Don't quit. Don't quit on your marriage. Don't quit on what God said. Don't do it. Don't quit. I hear it in my heart. Don't quit. Look to God. He will not abandon you. He will not leave you without. Pray to Him. Ask in that day, they'll ask me nothing, Jesus said, but they'll ask the Father in, in my name. Whatever they ask, He's going to give it to them. Come on, somebody. You know what prayer is? You know what prayer is? It's speaking to Father in the name of Jesus. It's not praying to God over someone's shoulder, you know. Oh, you know, God, God you need, you know, Femi's very rich. God, you know I need uh, 2,000 pounds by, by Friday to inspire a man in a suit, you know, who's, who's very wealthy, who, 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 you know, tell him cash is fine. Tell him I need it by Friday. How many know that is not, that is not prayer? Amen. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not praying to Febby. Amen. And how many know some scriptural even to pray for money? We don't ask God for money. He's not like throwing bags of money from heaven. He's placed everything that we need down here and he gives he's already given you a spirit of wisdom amen he's given you power which is an anointing to create he's given you the same spirit of faith mary that paul the apostle operated in that david operated in the same spirit of faith samuel you possess it that jesus walked in that same spirit that was on him same anointing that was on him is on you and is on me the same power Amen, is, is on us. And with that faith, we generate. I said, with the faith that we have, we learn to generate. We have, a, we have Holy Spirit. One of the ministers of the Holy Spirit is this. He will show you things to come. He'll give you dreams. I don't believe in dreams. I mean, good dreams, you know. Uh, dreams. He'll give you visions. Just like when Joseph was 17. God gave him a dream at 17. But it was his dream did something to him. It inspired, his dream inspired his walk. And then his walk, come on now. There was a, because he walked it out, there was a fulfillment of the dream. Oh, glory to God. It didn't just happen. God showed him his destiny. And he let that vision of the future inspire his actions. And then he was led by the Lord. Amen. No matter what happened, everything started going south for Joseph. Thrown in a pit. You know, he was... Uh, you know, one moment it looked like, okay, things are coming, you know, getting put back together again. The fragments of my life are being put back together and then wrongly accused and then put in prison. And, and then, you know, but the gift all the while is still working in his life. And then he's forgotten and betrayed and all this. But, it, but, but he, didn't, he didn't quit. He did not quit on what God has showed him. Oh, man. 
How many believe there's a heavenly assignment that God has called you to do and you are not going to quit? You have come this far. You will not quit on what God's revealed to you. Come on, somebody. You will not quit on God's promises. He provides everything. And even with our giving, you know, I'm, we, let's, let's be that consistent time, time and again, over and over. We say, God, I give, I give. And you, you promised. Those whose heart's in, who's in their giving, you promise you will not abandon them. And you will not leave them without. Oh, man. Someone say, nothing missing. Nothing broken. Last scripture. Exodus 10, 23. Exodus 10, 23 says, no one could see any, anyone else. This is when the ninth plague came uh, to, in Egypt. It says, no one else could see anything else or move about for three days. Yet all, yet all, come on, yet all the Israelites had light in the places where they lived. Ooh, come on, somebody. When there's great, great gross darkness out there, all believers have light. We see. And so we've got a great advantage in, in, you know, in the midst of all the great darkness. I mean, we see. I said, we see. Father, I thank you. I thank you. The veil is being removed. All those who have turned, turned to you, the veil is being removed. And we see clearly. We see what you're doing. We see what you've purposed for your, for, for your son, your daughter. And, uh, and we take it all. And Father, we thank you that not a one in this room will be abandoned will be without aid and support and your help because we remain consistent in serving you, loving you, sowing into your kingdom, sowing into places like this and honoring you with all that we have in Jesus' name. Let's go ahead and receive the offering this morning. You can pass the, the, the buckets. You know how to give. If it's via cash, you can put it in an, in an envelope and put it in the, in the buckets or um, you can go online. You can give at Faith Life Center dot com forward slash give and that would be great those who are uh, not in the room right now watching on live stream you can participate too you can go online and you can process your your gifts that way we're so very grateful for everything that everyone does amen how many know it takes it, ta- it takes a team you know uh, it takes a team to do everything that we're doing you know from the children's ministry you know the car park staff there's people all over the building amen it takes a team you know, for, for all the parents in here, do thank the children's workers, would you, uh, who are looking after your kids. Be grateful. It's, it's important that we're thankful. Amen to one another. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are you ready for the word this morning? I've got a few things in my, in my, my spirit. I'll try and get it out. I haven't got much time left, but I'll do my best this morning. You'll work with the word this morning. You know, as we get in the word together, who brought, who brought your sword this morning? Come on, who brought the sword? Come on, let me see it. Let's give the devil a nervous breakdown this morning. Come on, who brought the sword? The, the, you know, the word of God is the, <laughs> none of this electronic nonsense. Come on, young people. Come on, can we, can we pass the buckets around again? And all devices needs to be put in that bucket. This is called a Bible. What is that? It's nothing quite like, you know, holding a physical. And so, uh, anyhow, um, let's give the devil a nervous breakdown right now. Come on now, come on, yes. Come on, we are everything that the Bible says we are. We have everything that the Bible says we have. And as we get into the Word, come on, the Word is going to get into you and transform everything. Amen? Thank you, Father. Work with me this morning, would you? Because I'm going to touch on some th- stuff that maybe doesn't get touched on that often. But, but, but it's truth anyhow. 
And I believe there's going to be answers. He's going to really set us up for a week of praying. And uh, like Evie mentioned, you know, 6 a.m. prayer. And, and of course, Friday fire. I believe God's putting stamina in, in the believer. Amen. A fresh stamina. Who could do with a fresh, fresh wind in your sail, fresh strength? Come on, uh, fresh stride in your step. You know, come on, somebody. Renewal. Amen. Come on. Welcome to the second half of 2023. The latter is always greater than the, than the former. And I just believe this second half is just going to be something else. Amen. If you've been losing the first half, I'm telling you, turn around. It's right here. Amen. Paul the Apostle, he, he wrote uh, letters uh, to, to various churches. Um, First Timothy, Second Timothy, Titus are called the, the, the pastoral epistles. He was very pastoral in, in, in his writings here. And I'm going to read a, a passage from the fourth chapter of the second book to Timothy. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse, three, verse 6. Excuse me. And I'll come back to verse 5 in a moment. But Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. It says, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand is at hand. I was at a funeral on Wednesday. A uh, gentleman, um, too early, went to be with the Lord in, in my, my view. Some may disagree with me, but I just felt it was too, too soon. But I, I want to be, I want to go when I, when, I, when I know it's my time to depart. How many of you can know that? Paul, he knew it. He said, he said I'm writing you, Timothy. Uh, I'm well-seasoned, I've seen a lot, I've done a lot, I've been used by, by, by the Lord. And I know something. The time of my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith. Ooh. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. And then verse 14, he said, Alexander, the metal worker, I think the King James says the coppersmith, did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. In other words, I didn't, I didn't run my race. I ran my race. I finished my... I kept the faith. But it wasn't without people who tried to cause great harm. Great harm. He said, but I don't... I'm not in that camp that gets my own revenge. God sees it all. And God will deal with it. God will repay him for what's gone on. Verse 16. At my defense, no one came to my support. But everyone deserted me. Sometimes, Timothy, it was a lonely journey. May it not be held against them. I'll tell you what needs to be front and center of every believer is this. Love. You need to love. You need to give. Love is, is to give. L give and forgive. 
That ought to be front and center of every spiritual believer. Spiritually mature people, do you know what they do? They give and they forgive. He said, he said people left me alone. I had to pick up my own head to encourage myself. I had to tell myself not to quit because no one was there to encourage me. Nobody. I was deserted. But Father, don't hold it against them. Forgive them. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. Oh, glory to God. He's a giver of strength. So that through the message might be fully proclaimed all and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. If you're delivered from the lion's mouth, guess what? You were in the, in the mouth of the lion. <laughs> to be delivered from the lion's mouth. You were, you were, I mean, you were right there. Anyone ever felt like that? The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack. And will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever and ever. Come on. And Paul's writing that. You can imagine he's writing this to a, to a young pastor. And he's saying, it was worth it. And I, I had a fight to fight. Let me rephrase it. You probably rubbed that out. And said, it was a good fight. Well, it doesn't sound good. You were in the lion's mouth. And, you know, people were betraying you. And people caused you not just harm, but great harm. Well, what's so great about this? He had a different perspective. Paul suffered persecution. Paul persecuted. But he also was persecuted. Paul attacked before he was a believer. And when he became a believer, he was attacked. He knows what it means to be, uh, be on the left side and have people who hate him on the left side and people who hate him on the right side. He knows that. He knows what it means to be stoned at Lystra, Lystra and left for dead. He knows what it means to be thrown into prison after prison. He knows the spiritual attacks. He knows what it means to be um, in a shipwreck and then be in another shipwreck and then a third shipwreck and a fourth shipwreck. He knows what it means to have people think he's evil to, after being snake bent by a venomous snake. He knows what it means to be watched by people waiting for him to die. People expect him to fail, expect him to collapse and quit. He knows what that looks like. Oh, mad. Paul, I like Paul. Anyone else like Paul? He knows what it means to be isolated. To have people wish, not good for him, but to wish death over him. Paul endured something called affliction. Oh, man. In the fifth verse of the same chapter, Paul said this. Before he said all that he said that I've just read, he said, But watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Do. Someone say do. 
Do the work of the evangelist. Do the work of an evangelist. Make foolproof your ministry, Timothy. He said, in everything, he said two things, in everything, you watch everything. Watch everything. You could say, watch and pray. Oh, man. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Says, be anxious in no thing, but in everything, through prayer and supplication. Make your requests known unto God, the Bible says. But be anxious for nothing. Timothy, you've got a race to run. You've got a fight to fight. It's good. There's lions about, ro- roaring lions, roaming, roaring lions. And you may be found in their mouth, but you'll be delivered from them. There'll be people, coppersmiths. Yeah, you know, locksmiths, you know, Mr. Smith, who may want to cause you great harm if you're Mr. Smith in the house. No, I'm not talking about you. Amen. I'm just playing, playing with words. Amen. Here. Don't get so personal. Amen. Um, but I made it personal, Mr. Smith, so forgive me. But there will be people who want to cause you great harm. But fight the fight of faith, but watch everything and endure afflictions. Amen. Because there is proof that you are to display on your branches. But you've got to fight through this stuff because that's not your reality, but that, will, that is what will be thrown your way. Watch everything. You can say watch and pray. Endure afflictions. When you talk about you know, endurance or perseverance, it's really... There's one kind of perseverance found in the New Testament, and that is a, a cheerful, <laughs> cheerful endurance. So if you're just enduring, but you're, you look sad and gloomy, and you're crying and wailing and complaining, that's not the Bible endurance we're talking about. I'm just enduring through. No, no, no. It's cheerful. If it's not cheerful, then it's not the Bible endurance the Bible talks about. Turn, to, turn, turn in your Bibles to First Peter, please. First Peter chapter 5. <clears throat> I need the Lord's help to get this out. But there's answers here. I'm not a doom and, gloom, doom and gloom preacher. You know that? I'm a victory preacher. And there's, vi- there's victory answers in this message, if you pay attention. Amen? First Peter chapter 5, verse 10. It, it says, it says, But may the God of, of all grace who called us by his eternal glory, by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, someone say perfect, establish, strengthen, strong and free, strengthen. The devotion is called strengthen. Amen. Strengthen. And settle you to him be glory and dominion forever and ever and amen. Now we, we, we take the perfecting, we take the we're establishing, strengthening, and settling, but all of that came after, according to what we read, came after what? Suffering. Now turn to the fourth chapter, just go back one chapter and look at verse 19. It says in first Peter chapter 4, 19, therefore let those who suffer. According to the will of God, 
commit their souls, their mind, will, emotions to him in good doing. That's what you got. Your spirit man is made perfect. Justin, you, you are perfect in spirit. One with him. But how many know you've got to offer up your soul to the Lord continually? All right, let me read it. Let me read it again. Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God, according to the will of God. So there is, what does that mean? If there is suffering according to the will of God, what, what, what does that also tell us? That there must be suffering that's not according to the will of God. Can I have a big amen? He said, submit, 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 commit, submit um, your, their, their souls to Him, to God, capital H, in doing good as to a faithful, oh man, a faithful creator. Now, when, when we read 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5, it said, Be watchful thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of evangelists. Paul was saying this, Timothy, um, here's the deal. Um, whilst you're watching all things, enduring afflictions, don't stop doing what you're called to do. Do what you're being called to do. Don't stop doing what you're called to do called to do you can still do what you're called to do whilst you're needing to be very watchful and being very um well cheerful in your enduring afflictions he said um therefore let those who suffer according according to the will of god commit their souls to him in doing good oh man we're not slowing down. Nothing will deter. I heard that in my spirit in Harrogate when I was, when I was preaching at their one-year anniversary. Nothing will, deter your, nothing will deter you. You will not break your stride. You'll not break your stride in the name of Jesus. Now, there are certain things that are not according to sufferings that are not according to the will of God. Amen. You are not to suffer anything that Jesus took. Sickness, if you, if you are dealing with sickness, pain in your body, poverty, confusion, all of that. Jesus took that. Grief, he took it. Sorrows, he took it. That is a suffering that is not according to the will of God. And people think, well, I'm just suffering for the Lord. I've got this ailment. I've got this sickness. I guess I just need to suffer through my Christianity because the Bible talks about suffering. That is suffering not according to the will of God. And whatever he has redeemed you from, you, you have no business. Someone say no business. No, no business suffering. You have to commit, just like you've got to commit your soul, you've got to commit all of that suffering to the Lord, because He paid the price. He made you, has made you, Colossians chapter 1, a partaker of the best blessings of God. Amen. He's done this. But there are certain things He hasn't redeemed us from. Like whatever He said. Temptation. Resisting temptation. Has anyone had to resist temptation? sinning this week nobody in this section few people in this section temptation is going to come to all of us all the time but you have grace and you have mercy and you're not redeemed for do you know the, the biggest temptation that we have to deal with is the temptation to stop trusting god 
That's the biggest temptation. We're not redeemed from resisting the devil. Turn to James. The book of James. Glory. Thank you, Lord. James chapter 4. I know this is going to help somebody. Amen. It's helping me. Verses 7. This is James 4, 7. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil. Is this something that we got to do? Are we redeemed from resisting the devil, resisting sin, resisting uh, doubt, resisting fear, resist, resisting strife? Come on now, all these things. Resisting just, you know, self-pity, self-seek, all of this stuff. Resisting a spirit of pride, resisting a spirit of dishonor, resisting a spirit of discouragement, resisting a spirit um, of, of timidity, resisting. Come on, that's a, our job. You've got to resist it, not permit it. Resist it. You are not redeemed from resisting or from submitting. That's what we've got to do. And there is some suffering that is according to the will of God. And you know what? Your flesh will suffer when you don't let it do what it wants to do. Oh, man. (laughs) Ah, let it suffer. Come on now. You get this thing in, in check. Big amen. Amen. Persecution comes. Jesus, uh, Paul the Apostle, 2 Timothy chapter 3, 12, he said, All those who live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. That is a suffering that we have not been redeemed from. There, there is a persecution. Oh, glory. Jesus said in John 15 verse 18, If they hate me, guess what? They're going to hate you too. And if they don't hate you, maybe you're not imitating me. Remember the peculiar song? I've sung it too many times. My kids have told me not to sing it, so I'll just say the words. So peculiar. If society doesn't agree, then it's a good indication for me. Getting more peculiar. (laughs) <laughs> well, I don't want to be a weirdo. I didn't, I, didn't say, I didn't say peculiar people have to be weird. We're just different. We think different. We think good things. Amen? And the reality is that's becoming quite peculiar. We love people despite their actions. That's quite peculiar. We give and we love our enemies. Amen? That's quite peculiar in a society that is trying to get their, get, get their, you know, get their revenge left, right, and center. Trying to get people tripped up. I'm in a spirit of murder. A lot of people are, are carrying in their hearts. Not you, not me. Jesus said, they hate me, they're going to hate you. Persecution, it's going to come. The godly shall suffer persecution. Whoo, man. Do you know what persecution is? It's pressure that tries to drive people away. The persecution that was in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus endured affliction. He endured it. He took, he took a stand. Do you know the disciples? That persecution was pressure that drove them away. And they were no, nowhere to be found. They ran off. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> we're not Redeemed from submission. James 4, 7. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from us. You know what it means to, to submit? 
I'll do whatever you, you, you media team tell me to do. Amen. If this cuts out, give us a new mic or whatever. But submit means to bring your will and bring it under the will of God. That's what it means. It, it means to bring your ideas and bring it under God's will. The prefixed sub, you know, you've heard subway. I'm not talking about the sandwich shop, but, you know, subway. You know, that's a, a way made under, underground. We've heard a lot in, about submarines. I, I can transfer, transfer. Thank you. We're doing a relay race. Ooh. Praise the Lord. I feel like I'm a, I'm a, a, a deep bass gospel singer. I just need a, a round body shape and it'll be perfect. And a big towel, man. Lord, make me a gospel singer, amen. I want to preach the gospel, sing the gospel. It's all corners of the earth, amen. <laughs> so I'm just privately praying to my father right now. Submarines. It's a water vessel, but it doesn't sit on top of the water. It don't skip sometimes. It's a submarine. It, it's found under. Submission. Submission. Submit yourself to God. All right. Gospel singer, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Submit yourself to God. Submit your will under his will. And then he goes on and says, then resist the devil. You know, you, ha you have power over the devil. You do. You have power over sin. You have power over sickness. You have power over affliction. But many are powerless over because over the enemy, be, not because that's not their spiritual reality, but because they have not actively set themselves under. And so when you set yourself under his will, then you, you will walk in power over affliction. Amen. In Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter 8, verses 5, this is about the Roman centurion. It says, when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion. This is what, you know, you can see in that word centurion, you see the word century. This man was a leader. He had at least a century, a hundred people under his leadership. So he knows what it means to have people under him in submission to his, his leadership. And, uh, and he said, Lord, he, he's calling Jesus Lord. He understands this is, a, this is a Lord, somebody who is also in authority. He said, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed. I, Jesus then says, well, I'll come and heal him in verse 7. Verse 8, the centurion says, the man who has at least 100 people under his leadership, he says, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. Verse 9, for I also am a man under authority. This guy, notice, notice, the, notice the dialogue, notice the order of what he's saying and when he's saying what he's saying. He recognizes, Jesus, you've taken your place under an authority that is higher than this, this sickness, this paralysis. God Almighty. And the authority that, are, that you are under has given you power over. You hear me? He recognized authority. He said, I say to this one, go. And he goes. And to another one, come. He comes. And to my servant, do this. And, and he does that. The Roman didn't talk about authority over before he talked about authority under. Oh, man. 
What was Jesus doing in the Garden of Gethsemane? Since we mentioned that. He said, not my will, but I bring my will under submission to your will. Then you see him walking in power. Then you see him standing up, crushing the head of that, that serpent that was trying to torment him. Luke's gospel, in fact, Dr. Luke, in his account of this, this moment in the, 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 um, the, the olive press the, in Gethsemane, he says that when he brought his will under, an angel came to a standby angel to strengthen him. Do you know what? When, oh man, when you bring your will under the will of the Father, guess what's going to be there? Strength. When, when, you, when you give voice to the willing, hear this, the willing spirit that you have on the inside of you, then there will be a strength there. But notice what comes. The strength comes after a submission of will. This is, this is the power to walking in. This is the answer to walking in the power that we have been given and have access to. You have power over, amen, you have. But it is experienced when you bring your will under God's authority. Oh, glory to God. If it seems like your power is not working, it seems like the authority that you have in Christ isn't working, then check how submitted you are to the Father's word, to the Father's will, the Father's way. Amen. Oh, glory to God. The Romans, he understood. Authority over is because I have, I understand authority under. And it resulted in the Roman centurion's servant being made whole. Let me give you a, an Old Testament example. Second Kings chapter 5 verse 1. Remember Naaman? He was the commander of the army of the king of, of Syria. A mighty man. But he was a leper. He, he, Naaman, he goes to the prophet. Verse 9 says, Naaman went with his horses, his chariots. Man, he's taking the whole thing. And, and he stood at the door. Can you imagine? He's at the door of the prophet's house. Right at the door of the prophet's house. Now, but the prophet Elijah, he didn't even come to the, come on, he's gone all the, he's gone from Syria to Israel. It's a long journey. He's brought his horses, he's brought his men, he's stepping out of his limo, he's, he's, you know, uh, and he's expecting the prophet to come and answer the door. I mean, if someone came a long journey to see you and knocked on your door and you just thought, nah, I'll send a messenger just to answer my own door. I need one of those, Amen. <laughs> Um, and he was, he was upset. He, he wasn't best pleased, was he? He wasn't, he wasn't happy about it. And so the prophet sends a messenger and tells him, no, you, this is what, what the prophet says. You go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be perfected, restored, restored to you. And you shall be clean. Now, this is, guy, this is a military commander. This is a general. This is a guy who's... I mean, he, this is an embarrassment. And the, the prophet doesn't even bother to see him. Now, what's the first thing in Naaman's, uh, what's the first thing for Naaman that is injured? His pride. It's the first thing that is injured is, is the man's pride. And it says in verse 11, Naaman became furious. What's that? His pride speaking. 
Indeed, I, I said to myself, this is where he got it from. Who came up with the idea that he's going to step out of his limo, the red carpet's going to be there, you know, the, the prophet's going to be really pleased to see him, you know, and he's going to wave his hand over him, and the leprosy is just going to be cured on his terms. It was his own idea. He said, I said to myself, he will surely come out and see me. He'll be so pleased. He'll be like, what a surprise. This is the highlight of my year. You came, commander, come on in. I've prearranged scones and a cup of tea just for you. Earl Grey. I like Earl Grey. With my steak. That's what I'm having later. I, I don't care what Mrs. Taller says. I need to submit one to another, amen. I bring my will unto yours. You're the cook of the house. Whatever happens, Lord, you bless it. Sanctify it. Make it good for me and my kids, please. I love them. I really, I'm looking out for them. He will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord and, and his God. And he'll wave his hand and the leprosy will be, be cleaned. It's a, long, it's a long way from Syria to, to Israel. He becomes furious. He's ready to quit. And the servant says, hey, listen, has he asked you a hard thing since we're here? Come on. Since we're here, has he asked you a difficult thing to do? And so what does he do? He's told to dip in the Jordan. What? How many times? Seven times. Someone tell me, what happens when you dip? You get wet. But you go under. <laughs> you get wet. That's right. Write that down. That's a sub point. Anyone else got another sub point? You know, we can add to this sermon. This is going to be great. You get wet, uncomfortable, <laughs> depends on the temperature. Let me just quick break. Let me just preach a little bit quicker. He dipped. What was he doing? He was going under. Not just once, but again and again. And what's happening? Every time he goes under, he's submitting himself to the word of the Lord. And do you know what's taking a being? His pride is taking a being. Every, his flesh is taking a being. And he's enduring that affliction. But do you know what? He submitted and what came after the obedience? The healing. The healing. The power overcame because he operated in a principle of submitting himself under the authority of the voice of the Lord. Whoo, glory to God. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 18 from the New Living, it says this, I tried again and again, but Satan hindered us. Satan prevented us. The NIV says he blocked our way. I wanted to go to Rome. I wanted to uh, go to all these different places. But there was a hindrance. Satan over and over and over again. He was like, he built wall after wall and he hindered my advance. Paul experienced this. And everyone in this room, there are, maybe you're here this morning. You've got a dream in your heart, a vision in your heart. And it's like... Every time you try and move forward towards seeing that fulfilled, whatever it is, healing the sick, doing whatever it is, it's like you hit that hindrance. It may be a coppersmith 
problem, a people problem. It may be a money problem. It may be something that is hindering fear issue. But I'm telling you, hell cannot stop what God has ordained for you to do. He will attempt it. He will try it. But if you fight this fight of faith, which means you don't let go of your good profession in the presence of many witnesses, witnesses, people who like you, people who don't like you, in the presence of demonic spirits. Come on now, he lays a table before us in the presence of enemies. Come on, somebody. If you are willing to fight and endure all of it and resist it, oh, glory to God. Submit to the plan. Do you know what submission to the plan looks like? Lord, I brought my will under your will. You've told me to go this way, and there's a door shut. Whew, maybe I need to go for, oh, that door because it's open, and that's the easy route. That is not submitting under the will of the Father. Do you know what resistance looks like at that moment? Kicking down the door. Can someone do this? Woo! Kicking down the door. Who's kicking down the door? I don't want to do this too, too high because I'll, I'll, I'll rip my pants and I won't be able to. Because these are tight. The vegetables are working, you know. I'm putting on some weight. I'm gonna, that's the last joke, all right, regarding them. You move forward no matter and resist. Amen. All right. In Acts chapter 5, verse 38, in the NIV, it says, in the present, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Talking about the Christ men. Ooh, man. Come on, somebody. Leave these men alone. Let them go, for if their purpose, their pursuit, or activity is of human origin, it's going to fall. But if it is from God, verse 39, you're, you will not be able to stop these men, and you will only find yourself fighting against God. Ooh, glory to God. You would think, you know, after all this persecution, they would take a few months off just to recharge the battery, but they're at it straight away. Verse 42, day after day after day after day in the temple courts. Come on, from house to house, it says the disciples, they never stopped preaching and teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. They said, you will not be able to stop these men. And they were exactly right. They did not stop preaching. Because what they were pursuing was a God activity, not a futile human endeavor. Whoo, hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Father. If Satan couldn't stop the early church believers, and if Satan couldn't stop uh, Paul, and if Satan could not, if all the devils in hell could not stop Jesus, then the few that are de trying to stop you can't stop the Christ in you. Jesus proved it. Even if they all gang up against you, like they ganged up against me, they won't, they couldn't stop me. And just like they couldn't stop me, they cannot stop you. Oh, glory. Come on, somebody. So if all of them couldn't stop Jesus, the few. How many know you? Not all de devils are on your case. 
I don't know the de- you've probably never ne- never had the devil the, the, the devil don't even know much about your, your situation he's commissioned inferior little demons to, to, to mess with stuff but the devil doesn't know you he's not in the he's not omnipresent he don't know he, he's not everywhere God is amen he doesn't know the devil doesn't know everything Oh, glory to God. So we'll say perspective. When, when Paul, and this is where I need to land somewhere. Paul, Paul was in a, a dreadful situation in Acts 27 verse 24. But God spoke to him in the middle of a storm. Now, now he, was in a, he, he was in a storm because people got him in that. He, he, was, he was in chains. He was, a, he, he was handed over. He felt like he was getting an unfair trial. And uh, so they, they handed him over to the Romans to give him a, uh, you know, for them to try him. And so he's in, he's in chains. He's on a ship. And, um, and he perceived it in his heart. Paul did. He knew this voyage is going to end up in disaster. He said as much to them, the captains, the sailors, they didn't listen. No one listened. He's a prisoner. Why would they listen to him? And so, um, so but he knew it. This is going to end up bad. But they did not listen to the preacher. They did not listen to the prophet. And so... He's in a storm, not because of his own doing. He wanted to get out of it. He didn't want to step in that boat, but because of other people. You know, there's certain storms you're in because of other people, because of coppersmiths. I'm picking on coppersmiths this morning. Who want to cause great harm. So what do you do? Other people are in, in storms because of their wrong obedience. Remember Jonah? Why was he in, in that storm? Why was he in the belly of the fish? Because of disobedience. How did he get in that storm? Disobedience. How did he get out of that storm? There's always a way out. Come on out. There's always a way out. Repentance. He said, I'm sorry. If you're in a storm because of, because of your own wrongdoing, your own disobedience, you can get out. I said, you can get out. You just say, Lord, I'm sorry. I, I'm, and the moment Jonah repented and said, I bring my will under the will, I will preach to them even though I don't like them. I'm going to the place that you want me to. And the moment he brought himself under the will of the Father, that's where power was realized. And that's when he got out of that affliction. The disciples were on a, they were obeying God. Jonah was disobeying God and found himself in a storm. The disciples were obeying God. Hey, hey guys, we're going to the other side. They jump in a boat. They're heading in the right direction that Jesus had told them to go. And and a storm comes. They're in a storm because of obedience. What? How did they get out? Spiritual authority. They spoke, they had, Jesus rebuked the wind, spoke to the waves. They got in their storm because of obedience. What? So there's a bunch of people getting in storms because of disobedience and getting out through repentance. And then there's a bunch of people getting in storms because of obedience. What's the deal? But it doesn't have to get in the boat. You have to use and rise up with your spiritual authority and rebuke it just like Jesus demonstrated. But what about Paul? He, he's, not in a, he's, he's not in a storm, a shipwreck because of his own obedience or his own obedience. But because of the, the disobedience of other people. He was at the mercy of other people. Thank you. Thank you, Ron. And um, But God spoke to him. You must be brought before Caesar. He didn't get into 
the detail of why you're in a storm and whose fault it is and which, which pilot was the one who really just you know, persuaded everyone else just to go on this voyage even though you, you know. And, and hey, hey, Paul, if you were a little bit more bold and a bit more authoritative they, and more persuasive, then maybe they would have listened to you. He didn't go into those details. He said, hey, listen, let, rem- let me remind you of who you're supposed to sit, stand in front of, who and the places you're supposed to. You're, you are destined to go to Rome. Let me speak to you about your purpose. And God comforted him. You can play for a little bit. Help, help me out as I try and close. He says in verse 26, we must, we, must, we must run aground on a certain island. We know that island to be Malta. And then, you know, the next chapter, Acts 20, 28 verse 10. It says, um, oh, glory to God. It says they, they honored us the people in Malta, they honored, they, they honored him in many ways because he endured. And when we departed after three months, they provided such things as we needed. As you remain faithful to watch and everything and endure affliction, remain faithful, I'm t- you will be fully furnished to go to Rome, your Rome. They put him on the Alexandria. He, he, he set sail in style. Why? Did not quit. Don't quit. I said, don't quit. I need more, I need more answers. I, I need, I need, I get the whole repentance to get myself out of a storm that I'm in because of disobedience. I get, you know, spiritual authority and speaking to waves and, you know, the energy and speaking to the energy, rebuking it and speaking to the sea to calm. I get that. Uh, but how do I get out of a storm that, that people got me in? Well, there's a clue in verse 24, Acts 27, verse 24. A messenger came to Paul and spoke to him. When he submitted to the will of the Father, all right, Caesar, so be it. I'm not dying. This is not it. This is not it. I'm not quitting. I'm going to endure. I'll do whatever you want me to do on Malta. I'm not quitting on the plan. Messenger came and said, all right, don't be afraid. You must be brought before Caesar. And then he goes on and says, and God has granted God has granted you all those who sail with you. For something to be granted means there had to be a submission of a request. He prayed for everybody. Fellow prisoners, those who set sail out of disobedience, he prayed he, and his, his request was granted that no one would die. Glory to God. The degree of the storm they they got me in. Pastor, I'm finding it difficult to pray that they would just live and stay strong and be blessed because they got me in this mess. Submit yourself under the love nature of your Father that never fails 
and love them, bless them, pray for them. You can't do that in your own strength. None of us can. But you can do it with a agape, God kind of love that is right here. It's in your heart. It's in your heart right now. It's on board. It's on board. It's in your heart to pray for them and bless them and say, Father, I put in a request. Bless them, Lord. Keep them, Lord. Let no one die prematurely. Keep them, Lord. Love on that. Reveal. They're hurting. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have done what they did to me if, if they weren't really hurting. They don't know what they're doing. They can't know what they're doing. They're deceived. Deception. Devil, I see the root of it. I refuse to, to go under a spirit of revenge. God, you will take care of business. But my business is to pray for good for them. And love on them. Speak a blessing over them. Some of you, you need to do that. Even right now. Do it right now. Father, I release them. Say it out of your mouth. Father, I release them. Father, I pray that you bless their socks off. I pray that, Lord, you will do radical things that, that will t- cause them to turn and repent. For your goodness turns a man. No matter how far gone a man may have gone, your goodness turns every evil man's heart towards you. The goodness of God turns a man to repent, to repentance. So God, I pray, good, good Father, love on them, keep them. I know like Paul, my request will be granted too, will be granted. I'm coming out of this shipwreck situation. I'm out of it. I, I persevere. Hey, I may be washed up on a foreign island like Malta. But I'm going to use the opportunity to have a healing revival wherever I go. Nothing will. This is just another semester of training before I get to Rome. I take it all on board. I'm getting stronger. I'm becoming more enduring. I'm becoming more refined. My faith, let it go through the fire, but it's coming out more pure on the other side. I'm going to be able to stand up against anything and anyone who tries to stand in the way of the plan of God that He has reserved for my life. Nothing is going to stop me. It may come perpetually, time and time again, but I will be a prayer. I will be a voice that, 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 that prepares the way forward in the name of Jesus the will of God will be seen the plan of God will be realized in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus I will not quit I will not quit come on this is your confession I will not quit I don't know who this is for but I feel it come on I will not quit I hold fast I hold fast, I hold fast, I hold fast. Disobedience of times past will not hold me back. My own obedience and being confused about things not going well after being obedient will not hold me back. I use my spiritual authority. I will not become complacent. I will not become offended at my God. God forbid that. God forbid that I don't use and harness the love that's in my heart. I love people. Lord, I love you. 
And with that love, I'll love people. I'll love people. No matter who and what they've done, I'll love them. I'll love them. I'll love them. Even if you have to talk yourself into it. Talk yourself into it. But that's there. If you're born again, that's there. The love's on board. It's here. You can do it. You can do it. I say you can do it. Your life depends on it. You can do it. Sister, you can do it. You can do it. Whoo, glory. 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 You can do it. Come on, this far section. You guys can do it. Christianity is simple. Nothing stops us. Nothing stops you. Sickness will not stop me. Inferiority will not stop me. Money will not stop you. People will not stop you. Pains of the past will not stop you. Pains of the present will not stop you. Persecution will not stop you. Affliction will not stop you. Temptation will not stop you. Sin will not stop you. It will not stop you. Nothing stops you. Nothing stops me with this unstoppable force. I'm telling you, nothing will stop us. Oh, come on, somebody. This is why we pray. This is why we fast. We, we pave ways. We make preparation for what is ahead. There was a voice. John the Baptist, he was a voice in a place, the wilderness, lifting up a voice. He knew his calling. He knew his place. He knew what he was called to do. And he built a highway for Jesus to embrace. You need to. You need to pray it out. Pray it out. Then walk it out. There is a plan for you. But you've got to pray it out before you walk it out. It's not possible any other way. Hallelujah. In Acts 13, there was the Antioch leaders, the apostles, they were praying over Barnabas and, and, and Paul. and uh, Well, they were just praying. They were just having a prayer meeting, ministering to the Lord in prayer. And, and the Spirit of God came in that place. And as they ministered to the Lord, the Bible says, the Spirit, the Spirit of God spoke and said, Separate unto me uh, Paul and Barnabas, Saul and Barnabas for the work of, of the ministry. And then they were sent out. Do you know what? God sends people out on the back of prayer. I think there's people who, who are ready to be sent out, but the path has not been built through prayer. How can God get them, on, get them on the field, get them in that new harvest place, get them in that new region without that, that path built through, through living water, through, through resurrection power released through the prayers of saints, believers. Do you know what happened? They departed to the place. Do you know what was waiting for them? They didn't have to, they went, went to the port. They didn't have to wait months and months for, the, for a boat to come. There was a boat ready made and prepared for them just to jump on and set sail. Why? Because prayer prepares the way. Prayer deals and removes and clears paths. Come and deals with everything. Every closed door we talked about, every hindrance, it just clears it out so you can embrace the path that God's called you to. Hallelujah, Lord. You know, it's just a, just past noon. You know, uh, it's next steps. I should be preaching, you know, shorter than, than what I have. And, but I started later than what I usually do. So forgive me. And some of those bad jokes just took too much time that you guys encouraged me to make. So, But I'm telling you, 
do not quit. Do not fret. Do not fret. Fear not. Do not fear. But in everything, come here, Evie. Come here. We stand with our sister. Come on, all stand up for a moment. Lift up your hands. The power of God comes on you. Father, we thank you. Strengthen. Strengthen her by your Spirit, Lord. By your Spirit, strengthen her. See a healing flow just right, right over you. Right over you like warm honey flowing from the Father. Woo, soothing and healing and mending. Pains inflicted by people. By people. Healed now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Oh, my, my, my. Oh, my, that's so flabbing in that mind. There is many people with holes in their hearts. If you sat to counsel them, they wouldn't even know how to explain the hole that's in their heart. But, it, but it's there. They, they need to submit it to the Father. I ask you all to lift up your hands and say, Father, we do. We, whatever underlining pain, sorrow, grief, and a hidden thing of the heart, we submit it to you. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to search us out through and through as we commit our life unto you Lord afresh and as yielded vessels for honorable purposes for in his great house there are vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor the choice is yours what do you want to do? Do you want to be used for honorable purposes? Ah, we'll answer it. For, well, you, you've got to answer it for yourself, but I believe, I believe the majority in here, I'd like to say all of us in here want to be used for honorable purposes. A- amen? Am I right in saying that? You want to be used? Father, as we started this service and through our worship, we, we worshiped and we made mention of your name and how great your name and 
nothing is higher than your name. And so even now as we conclude the service, Father, I thank you. Every knee shall bow. Every sickness bows under the name. Everything comes under. Everything under the sound of my voice, anything that has tried to elevate itself over you and your authority. We speak the name of Jesus, the name that is above every other name, Jesus. We say, Jesus, you are Lord. Jesus, you are our Lord. Yes, you've saved us, and we are so grateful. You are also our Lord. I take my will. I say, Lord, even if I want your will to pass me by, I, I, I take my will. I bring it under the authority of your will. I sub, submit to your plan, your master plan that is hell tested. That can be not be hindered. This is not a futile pursuit. Your plan is not a futile thing. Oh, yeah. And even if there's been a diversion, and we end up in the wrong place, Malta, Lord, you use it, and you turn it. And where we've wasted time, you are a redeemer for the time. And so, Father, we thank you for redemption for every area in the name of Jesus where people have said and they, 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 they talk about their story and they said oh that decade of my life that was a wasted decade redeem that decade you redeem the time you redeem the time thank you Father if there's anyone in this place who wants to make Jesus the Lord of your life you never done it you never truly committed your life to Christ and as a result it's like you've got a two-ton weight on your shoulder because of the past mistakes and it's like I've got no other way to say it it's like it plagues you it holds you back it limits you massively and you know life's not working because you're trying to live it your way today I want to invite you to surrender your way and submit to God's way and make Jesus the Lord of your life. That two-ton weight will come off your shoulders. You'll know you're forgiven and you'll secure, secure your place in heaven. For those who believe in their heart and make a true confession out of their mouth and not ashamed to confess, Jesus has saved me and Jesus is now my Lord, my Lord. Those shall be saved. Saved from eternal damnation. From eternal terror and death. For God so loved you that he died for you that you may live eternally. He did it for you. He died with you in mind. And all you have to do is receive it. That's all you've got to do. That hole in your heart will be filled with his love. He'll heal up whatever's broken. He'll set you on your feet and you'll be able to run again, dance again, skip again. Laugh again. Live 
truly how God has intended you to. So if you're in this place, very simply, after I count one, two, three, after I count, lift up your hand real high and I'll see it and we'll, I'll lead you to Christ and your life will be transformed. This is exciting, isn't it, church? Who, who in this room who's made a commitment, you know, you, know, you know when you made a commitment for Christ, can say that was the best decision you ever made. Come on, who in this room? Yeah, best decision you've ever made. So right now, after the count of three, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. One, you want to get born again. You want to become Christian. Number two, you, come on, you want forgiveness that can come only through Jesus Christ. You want to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Two, three, lift up your hand real high and I'll see it. Hallelujah, Lord. Come on, live real high. I want to see it. If there's anyone in this place who wants to make Jesus the Lord of their life, ooh, glory to God. Is there anyone? Praise God. Lift it up high if that's you. You want to say, ah, that's me. I know that's me. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. Lift it up real high. Praise the Lord. Stewards, can you see anybody? I, I can't see any hands. Well, praise God, we're all saved in this place. Amen. Who realizes this needs to be preached? Who realizes this needs to be preached? The communities need this. They need the gospel. We, 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 need, we need to preach it. We need to preach it. Jesus made a way for everybody. He is the way, the truth, and the life. This wafer that you have in your hand, if you came in, you would have got the elements. We're going to take communion right now. This wafer represents his body that was broken for you and me. It's a victory meal. <laughs> oh, broken. The blessing is in the breaking. He was broken so that we may be blessed. Blessed of those who have their sins washed. Look at Revelation says. Made possible because of the sacrifice Jesus gave his son, his, his, only, his only son. And so, Father, we hold this wafer that represents the body of Christ that was broken. And we do this in remembrance of the sacrifice. And we thank you. We're walking out of this place victorious, dancing and shouting and free from sickness and disease and pain because of Jesus who bore it all, lifted it all off from us. Surely he's done that and we believe it. We believe it and we receive it. Let's break and eat and receive our wholeness. Amen. And you can, you can, I know your mom says don't, don't eat and talk at the same time, but you can talk to him and say thank you. Come on, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Everyone's got their mom in the room, so you don't want to say it. But you can talk and eat at the same time. Thank you, Father. <laughs> Come on, thank you, Lord. Thank you. For my hearts, we say thank you, Father. And the blood that washes us whiter than snow. Oh, glory to God. I said, the blood that washes us whiter than snow. Oh, no longer a sinner. I was a sinner, but now I'm saved. Ooh, I'm his beloved. So are you. And because of this cup, the, the wine, the juice, represents the blood that was shed. Life is found in the blood. We receive it. And we are reminded of, we take and we remind ourselves of our freedom from sin, fear, separation 
We've been brought near by the blood and we have access to the presence of God because of this. So as we drink, we remember and we are so grateful for your presence, Lord. Let's receive. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you for this week. We thank you for justice. Justice for the tallers. Justice for the Bugstons. Justice for the Doros. Come on now. Justice for the Gordon Olivias. Come on. Justice. We seek the justice of God. Justice. We seek the justice. Thank God for justice. I could call all of you, or I could all, all call all of your names. But justice. We seek God's. God is just. You seek first His, His will and His kingdom and. The will of the king, submit yourself under that will. You will live a life of power. And what injustice has come knocking on your door will be exposed in the name of Jesus. The lies, we know what it's like. We know what, it, we know what it's like having people lie and say, oh, make up stories about you. Unsaved people, rebellious people. They don't know what they're doing. But we don't. We don't, we don't engage in mud fights. Because guess what happens when you engage in a mud fight? You throw mud back when mud's thrown in your direction. Do you know what happens? Your hand gets messy. Try to get out of that situation and then you move into the next zone, the next room, and you hold the handle. And guess what? It's on everything you touch because you engaged in a mud fight. Don't touch it. Find two people who say, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Don't touch the mud. Don't touch the mud. Don't engage in the fight. He is your vengeance. So we speak justice and we thank you, Father, for just triumph in this place. I'm going to close real quick. And, you know, I know I don't want to take up too much more time. Have we got some things? Bernard, Naomi, Bernard. I'm going to get him to pray. I'll just remind all of those who, just to do this quick, um, you know, if you want to hear, you want to connect with Evie and I and the Doros, you know, who represent the pastoral care team and some others, and hear about where we've been as a ministry, where we are as a ministry and where we go in, we're going to have a maybe a slightly shortened version of Next Steps to honor your time. But um, we would love you to come if you haven't. It's going to happen through these double doors on your right-hand side um, immediately after the service. We'd love to see you in there, all right? Um, But bless you. Church, we're going to have a great week.